Failure is not an option. What difference at this point does it make? Nobody said it was going to be fun. This is Real Talk, a fearless, poignant, and intrepid show where truth speaks louder than words. This is Real Talk with your host, Audrey Russo. It's a shame, not of this world, so we live on the run. We keep our eyes set, eyes on what is to come. It happened before, it will happen again. It's just a question of when. Time's a luxury we don't have. This is Chef Andrew Gruel, owner of Slapfish Restaurant Group. You can find our ridiculously fresh and refreshingly responsible seafood at slapfishrestaurantgroup.com. You're listening to my good friend Audrey Russo on Real Talk Radio. God bless, and I hope to meet you all soon. Welcome back. If you're just joining us, this is Audrey Russo, and you're listening to Real Talk. Those who live to control us have gone over the top in their efforts to either subjugate us or destroy us. As was displayed this past year and further evidenced at the World Economic Forum, But there was a recent event that revealed that there are many globally that have woken up and are beginning to resist en masse. Is there still hope? Well, we're going to discuss this and more with my next guest, direct from South Africa. For my new listeners, Dr. Peter Hammond is the founder and director of Frontline Fellowship, the founder and chairman of Africa Christian Action, the director of the Christian Action Network, and chairman of the Reformation Society. He is the author of several books, including Faith Under Fire in Sudan, in the Killing Fields of Mozambique, Slavery, Terrorism, and Islam, the Historical Roots, and the Contemporary Threat. It's my great pleasure to give a real talk welcome back to Dr. Peter Hammond. Welcome back, Peter. Thank you so much, Audrey. Always good to be back with Real Talk. It's always great to have you with us, and we're going to jump right into this. If we, if, if it weren't enough uh, what the globalists did to the West with these unscientific lockdowns causing untold deaths, because we really don't know yet uh, about how many deaths there were because people weren't getting checked for different conditions and such, and the hundreds of thousands uh, that we already know, since there is no climate emergency at the moment, and the radical greens have to create one, and the more dire and frightening they can make it, the more powerful they will become. So enter 
the World Economic Forum in Davos, suggesting climate lockdowns, while some countries like the UK and France are still imposing these draconian lockdowns for a so-called pandemic. Peter, haven't they done enough to us, or, or did not enough of us die with the first lockdown? Oh, let's face it, Audrey, we know what this is about. This has nothing to do with climate. It's nothing to do with health. It's nothing to do with freedom or anything else. It's all about power. It's about the agenda. As was well said in the agenda film by uh, 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 Curtis Bowers, the issue is never the issue. The issue is the revolution. And so the, these are just pretexts. And so whatever the emergency is that they create, they are using whatever manufactured pandemic, scamdemic, uh, global warming. Isn't it funny? I think it's been getting colder since they began warning about global warming. Um, and uh, the, whatever they come out with the crisis, the solution is always the same. More government power at the cost of your own freedom. So you lose more freedoms and rights and the government gets more power, everything costs more, and the communist agenda is advanced further towards a one world government with a one world economic system and a one world religious system. Now, wait a minute, that sort of rings a bell. Doesn't that sort of, <laughs> wasn't there something in Revelation 13 talking about one world government, one world economic system, one world uh, religious system? Uh, this that must be coincidence, mustn't it? <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it, but it's incredible now. They don't even hide it anymore, do they? No. In fact, uh, I, I think it's it's like they've gone absolutely berserk, mad, uh, off their rails. And it it would seem to me that uh, while they were they were going quietly and they were advancing their agenda steadily and stealthily, and sometimes two steps forward, one step back. It's it's like the presidency of Donald Trump sent them into mega overdrive hysteria, and uh, they they got panicky because he was calling them out, you know, fake news and things like this, and uh, speaking straight to a whole lot of issues. And obviously, too much of the population was getting alert to the deception and to the fake news and tuning out of that. That they did everything they could to derail. President Donald Trump and his attempt to reclaim America. They needed to do everything they could to steal the election, to hijack the country. And effectively, America's gone through a communist revolutionary coup d'etat. And you've had everything from the deception, the media, you've had revolutionary attempts in the streets, you've had the whole BLM, uh, Antifa, riots, uh, and of course, the COVID cults, the lockdown lunacy. All of this only makes sense when you understand, just as the French Revolution was ruled by a committee of six, the Committee for Public Safety. And the Committee for Public Safety was under the chairmanship of Robespierre, Maximilian Robespierre. And what did the Committee of Public Safety deal with? Well, they decided who was going to be guillotined that day. And a few million more died in the 25 years of revolutionary and Napoleonic wars. And the Soviet Union, same thing, government by committee. And in our country right now in South Africa, uh, we've got Parliament completely suspended and sidelined and government by committee of six who inform us that they consult the ancestral spirits before making their decisions, which oh makes us all feel so much better about losing all of our freedoms and Bill of Rights and having our uh, businesses destroyed. I used to call this lockdown economic suicide, but then I realized that's the wrong word. Suicide suggests it's voluntary. This is compulsory, which is 
involuntary, that makes it economic mass murder, actually. It's not economic suicide. And it's not about a virus. This, it's not about climate. It's not about any of the issues they come out with. They'll talk about gender rights. They'll talk about gay rights. They'll talk about whatever the issues are. The issue is never the issue. The only issue is advancing the revolution. Yeah, and, and you notice that they use their catchphrases, follow the science, yet you have the Great Barrington Declaration where you have tens of thousands of epidemiologists and healthcare professionals that say the most dangerous thing they've done is the lockdown and that it should end. And yet you have France now again implementing another lockdown. Yes, th that is that is beyond ridiculous. There's obviously no good scientific reason for it because this is not the bubonic plague. And you know, they didn't lock down the world of the bubonic plague. And one third of Europe died in the bubonic plague in the space of two years. And uh, the Spanish flu killed between 80 and 100 million people between 18, uh, 1918 and 1919. And that was disastrous, the worst thing that's happened in the last century for sure. And yet, uh, here you've got a virus which is not much more deadly than the seasonal annual flu and they're shutting down the entire uh, country and continents and three billion people on lockdown at one time absolutely insane what uh, what this has done to uh, world economy and of course it's not damaging the big businesses big business big farmer Big tech, they're in bed with one another with big government and they're doing just fine. But the, the middleman and the small family-owned businesses and restaurants and, and hotels and the, uh, the, the small uh, to medium-sized uh, groups, they're the ones who're suffering. And what it's doing, the whole aim of all of these lockdowns and so on, is in order to uh, impoverish people and make people uh, dependent on government handouts. Because then you're a slave of the state. You're no longer a free person who can decide what you want. So uh, this, this I think, is the whole goal. They're trying every way they can to, in the name of this emergency or crisis or another, to take away your Bill of Rights and your essential freedoms and to take away your independence so that you're dependent on the state or on some multinational, global, NGO, World Health Organization or Wuhan Health Organization and so on. So this is the goal. If you understand that, then it all makes sense. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, they accomplished taking away uh, our rights with these mandates and edicts. We're only sp they're only supposed to be short term. Yesterday marked a year from the beginning of a lockdown of 15 days to flatten the curve. And you still have you in essence, basically have still lockdowns around the country. You still have they're still masking people, except, of course, Florida and a couple of other states, a few other states down south. I mean, you have nothing up north, uh, maybe except for De South Dakota. Um, it, and, and it just, conti they continue this, which basically means they've taken away our rights. Now, the World um, Economic Forum, I have to say, these people are extremely... Well, I think they're misanthropes. Uh, they these are these are human haters because they don't just want to lock us away from everyone else. Uh, they think we, of course, not them, should become accustomed. This is going to disgust the listeners, okay? <laughs> to eating bugs, weeds, and fungus. Are these people mentally ill, or do they just hate humanity that much? Uh, no, this is it. Basically, they want you to eat weeds instead. And uh, uh, so you solve global problems by starving you, not by producing more, not by being more efficient, yeah. not by being um, uh, more 
um, efficient in a free enterprise way, having a good work ethic. No, what they want to do is it's like Soviet-style degradation and humiliation of the working class people. You've got to feel guilty for enjoying just the basic things in life and freedom. And so you have to basically give up your freedoms, give up your standard of living, give up. Uh, isn't it incredible? You know, when we were born, um, we, we had a high standard of living than our parents had had. But now right. our children are having a lower standard of living than we had. Yeah. And our grandchildren are having a much lower standard of living. So we've seen a terrible downslide where um, it wasn't that difficult to get to own your own house. Uh, back in my parents' generation, it got a little harder in ours. It's becoming next to impossible in my children's generation. And uh, in fact, right now, I've got my entire family, uh, all nine family members living in our home because it's just too expensive for my married daughter and and uh, uh, husband and two grandchildren to uh, get their own home. You know, But what they want is they want you uh, to be able to uh, graze on weeds. They basically want you to become like cattle. Oh, it's worse um, and so on. because they, they want you to eat insects. I mean, they made that clear. Yes. They want you to eat. This, that's twisted. Well, well yes. I mean, sure. Why, do, why not eat insects? Yeah, quite right. You know, in, instead of the nice, rich diversity where we've got everything of fruits and nuts and vegetables and proteins and meats and wide range of, of opportunities, fish and so on. No, no, no. You know, you must eat weeds and bugs. And that's not a joke. Um, you know, we, we're actually quoting from them. That's what yeah. they want us to eat. If somebody thinks that we're making this up, uh, unfortunately, there's documentation for it. This is what they're discussing at the World Economic Forum. How can they get the world's population to eat bugs and weeds? <laughs> Dead serious. This is not a joke. I know. I'm sorry, I'm laughing because, but it's it's so it's so absolutely bizarre. But it, t to me, all the this attitude and uh, you're locking people away from each other, so they they you know it, it this is the beginning of mental illness is isolation. And oh, yeah, I think that you know if they're having uh, there's been breakouts of of, of attacks on on people. And I think you're going to see a lot more of that because you have people that might have been on the brink of mental illness, and you you lock them away by themselves. What what happens? What happens to a prisoner when you put them in uh, in uh, solitary confinement for a long time? Oh. Right. Well. I I, I've been solitary confinement, uh, but not not on a matter of of years like Richard Wurmbrandt and others in the tortured for Christ and the Soviet Union thing, you know. But even being in solitary confinement for a few days can be quite distressing and and disturbing, and especially when there's the threat of torture and all these other sort of things and abuse that comes with it. You just think of the child abuse going on in our schools, where children are expected to wear a mask all day. And, you know, just think you walk through society and where we used to smile at our neighbor, you can't even smile at your neighbor. If you did, they couldn't even see that you're smiling if you're wearing these stupid masks. Uh, this masquerade is pathetic. And now people see their neighbors as a threat. Yes. And they've managed to get, in many countries, people reporting on a neighbor. And I've experienced this. I've seen... I'd be walking down the road um, with my grandchildren uh, cycling and so on, and next thing people shouting, where's your mask? Yeah, yeah. Well, we live in the same home. These <laughs> are my grandchildren. Why should I be wearing a mask? You know, we're walking in, in nature and, and outside. Why would we act like we're in some surgery somewhere with uh, where we've opened up somebody's body and there's a danger of bacteria? Uh, there's no need for it. In fact, 
everybody in my family have had this blasted COVID. Right. And, you know, we got sick and we got over it and we're now immune and we can't catch it and we can't give it to anyone. So why should I wear a stupid mask? And the masks weren't any good anyway. Even on the box that you get from the suppliers, it states this ear loop mask provides no protection against COVID-19 nor any other virus. That's right. And that's what it says in the, su the supplier says on the box. And yet you meant to act like this can actually save your life. Why do they wear hazmat suits when they're dealing with real serious um, uh, uh, bacterial problems in, in these laboratories? But uh, we think an ear loop mask is going to solve it. The virus is smaller than the holes that you've got in a normal mask. Uh, these masks are a masquerade. It's, I've just uh, come back from, from a ministry up country and I had to fly an aircraft. And it was like a pathetic charade. It was like being in a Monty Python movie. You've got them making a big song and a dance about maintain social distancing to get on the plane. You, you know, you just you've got to keep all this distance on. When you get in the plane, they shoehorn you into the, exactly the same seat you've all been in, and you're wedged next to one another. There's not an open seat anywhere, and they won't allow you. You know, it is an offence to eat anything uh, during a domestic flight. Well, how come you can eat an International flights, but not domestic flights. <laughs> okay, flying for two and a half hours. And uh, so you're not even allowed to bring your own food on and eat your own food. It's an offense, okay? And then when you get off the plane, after being shoehorned into this confined space where you're overlapping everyone's seat and everyone's crammed together, then they solemnly tell you, because of COVID-19 regulations, uh, only one row at a time will be able to exit and you know maintain social distancing as you exit. And then you go back to the solemn farce of social distancing as you exit the plane. But during the last two and a half hours, you've been crammed together. Honestly, this is a charade. It is. It is. And it continues because it has nothing to do with science. They'll say, follow the science. Well, if you are actually, see, pol the, the political realm has co-opted the, the med you know, the medical community. Uh, it's what they call lab coat tyranny now. Uh, yes. They, yeah, they have uh, taken over. They, once they they take over your healthcare, your me, you know anything that has to do with with uh, the medical community, we're dead. Okay, because yes. look look what they're doing with the vaccine. I mean, this is not really a vaccine. We all know that already. That's not a vaccine. Uh, and and it's uh, and they have uh, it's a unapproved because you know an EUA which is an emergency approval um, that uh, does not is not the same thing here as an FDA approval which takes years uh, and you have people dying and they're not reporting it from the vaccine. Well, I know of people just personal stories anecdotes from people all over the world that I know I'm in touch with and even on this mission now to uh, Mpumalanga I was hearing of people who you know so-and-so got the vaccine killed over dead within a couple of hours and this nurse healthy person no problem no issues took the vaccine dead uh, in uh, two days and all of I'm hearing this in Britain and so on uh, there's apparently over 3,000 reported cases of people who've died from complications of the vaccine after taking it and uh, that's just in, in Britain and Europe yeah. and so you've got over 10,000 doctors networked uh, with uh, Dr. Kaufman and others uh, in Doctors for Truth who reject the vaccine and say the whole uh, pandemic's a pandemic, scamdemic and we've got Robert Kennedy who's documented so much in the uh, children's health defense, uh, all the right. um, yeah. horrific things with the vaccines and the toxins and the, 
the absolute epidemic of autism that we've got from children who've suffered serious neurological and other damages from vaccines. And this is proven, this is scientific, follow the science in this case. So uh, when you've got tens of thousands of doctors and scientists who are warning about the dangers of these vaccines, but you don't even need that. Although I recommend everyone to see the, the Truth About Vaccines a video series and to go onto Robert Kennedy's site uh, dealing with issues uh, as, as such as the, the children's health defense. Um, yeah. but, uh, but even if you don't know that, anything about that, just look at the big picture. Why do these health, uh, <laughs> that's the wrong word, uh, why do these vaccine producers uh, like Moderna and Pfizer, why do they spend billions of dollars worldwide to lobby governments to enact laws to give them indemnity against liability and indemnity for yeah. prosecution for complications like yeah, paralysis, blindness, and death, you know, things like that coming yeah. about from vaccines. Yeah. And if the vaccines are so safe, why do they need liability from insurance? And and all of these companies, you know, that, that produce the vaccines are, as Robert uh, Kennedy Jr. documents, he says, they are serial uh, convicted felons. They all have, have um, paid billions and billions of dollars in fines worldwide for lying, uh, for deceiving, uh, for lying to doctors, for falsifying evidence, for uh, giving uh, toxic uh, materials and medicines that have killed people and so on. And there's colossal funds and people are paid billions of dollars in compensation by governments at taxpayers' expense because the, uh, the uh, pharmaceutical big pharma companies who produce these toxic uh, vaccines, uh, they can't be prosecuted. So w when you hear of these dangers, then why are people rushing out there to get the vaccination? Yeah. And how can it be made mandatory? This is mm -hmm. insane. This is against the Nuremberg Code. You cannot give any medical procedure to anybody, let alone inject toxic substances into them, without informed consent. And there's no informed consent because there are a lot of lies and disinformation on this. So it's, it's extremely unwise. I, I would say there's not a snowball's chance in hell that I would voluntarily ever take these uh, vaccines. I'd rather chew glass and crawl across a minefield by being bombed by the Arabs in Sudan than take the vaccine. <laughs> it's uh, it's, I think it's absolutely insane. Yes. And people must say, no, forget no, it. No. Just look at a man like Bill Gates. Bill Gates has stated how many times publicly that he's a eugenicist and he believes the world's overpopulated and he wants to bring the world's population down to under a billion, in fact, under 500 billion, mi million. In fact, it would be ideal to be under 100 million. Now, what about the inconvenient other 7 billion people out there? Yeah, but he's, well, he wouldn't be one of them, you know. Well, no, but, but yeah. now... Here's somebody who believes we overpopulate and wants to bring the world's population dramatically down. And now he's pr promising that his vaccine will extend your life expectancy and improve your health. Now, don't you see some inconsistency <laughs> or conflict of interest here? Yeah, yeah, just a little bit, yeah. <laughs> okay. People have to wake up. Um, but some are, apparently. It appears that some throughout the West who had enough of this lying insanity about the virus with a 99.9% .9 recovery rate and uh, and all this nonsense about vaccines and this past saturday around the globe hundreds of thousands and i mean altogether about millions came out in concert to protest to the draconian knock, uh, lockdowns and mandates the event was called the worldwide rally for freedom the media of course didn't cover the event so is this a sign of hope Yes, I, I think this really is a sign of hope. Uh, the new world order is being achieved by distortion of the truth, 
by coercion through fear, they're panic mongers, and God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. But they are, they're making us afraid of the virus, and they're making us afraid of one another. When yeah, I was brought up in Rhodesia, in Africa, with tick bite fever and bilharzia and malaria, and when we go on missions, yeah, we get hepatitis, we get uh, tick bite fever, we, we get malaria. It doesn't stop us going there and doing our work and, and, and living our life. And why would you put your entire economy and society on hold? And and by the way, call most of what most of us do non-essential. I mean, how dare any politician define what's essential, non-essential? I'd say most of our government's non-essential. So it's absolutely vital that we challenge every aspect of this totalitarian takeover of the world by uniting all people who want our Bill of Rights respected. And we're heading into 18th of April. It's going to be the 500th anniversary of Martin Luther's bold stand in front of the emperor. My conscience is captive to the word of God. Here I stand. I can do no other. We need a revival of that kind of courage where we claim our freedom of conscience. This is essential. You don't have freedom unless you've got freedom of conscience, freedom of movement, freedom of thought, freedom of association, freedom of speech, freedom of opinion, freedom of the press. And all these freedoms are violated, suspended, smashed by these draconian lockdown, COVID cult, lockdown lunacy, insane things. We must reject it. So I think people need to stand up because honestly, if we don't fight to keep these freedoms, we're going to lose them. And when we lose them, to communists, we will never get them back, will we? No, it, it would take decades. It, it might be another generation who gets them back, but we would lose them for our lifetime for sure because that's the way communists go. They don't give up. When they get power, they keep that power. And you've noticed, uh, well, I'm sure it was the same in America and South Africa. We were told just three weeks, just to flatten the curve, just right. to be prepared mm. in our hospitals because millions of people are going to die in our country. Hundreds of millions are going to die worldwide from this COVID. This next month, we've got to do this lockdown. And they're showing us obviously faked pictures of people just falling over in Wuhan on the streets and dying on the street corners mm. uh, in Wuhan and being approached by people in hazmat suits, which you look back now and you say, those are obviously faked uh, uh, pictures and uh, uh, footage in order to stampede people into these lockdowns. Yeah. And they lied to us then, and they said it would only be three weeks. And, uh, and in fact, our constitution forbids any um, extended uh, state of emergency more than three weeks, and they've dragged us out for a year in our country. They still expect us to go through this masquerade. So all over the world, people are suffering, and there are churches that have still not met in the last year. There are churches and missions that haven't done a single outreach in the last year. There are businesses that have gone bankrupt. There's people out of work. This is insanity. This is completely unacceptable. And the only explanation and justification for all of this is a communist totalitarian, one-world revolutionary agenda. This is advancing a communist agenda. It's got nothing to do with science. It's got nothing to do with health. Let's face it, there's no way our governments actually care about us. So <laughs> if masks and so on actually help, they'd probably ban them. Yeah, of course. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a great point. Peter, where can the listeners follow and support your excellent work and purchase your books? Where can they do that? www.frontlinemissionsa.org frontlinemissionsa.org uh, my email address is peter at frontline.org.za peter at frontline.org.za and we are in Africa we've been going for 39 years 
serving persecuted churches, working behind enemy lines. So I know communism. I know how revolution works. I know Islam. And uh, we work in their countries. And let me tell you that Christians in communist and Islamic states, they don't obey the government. They work underground. They resist. Let's get some backbone. Let's resist the new world order. How can we just roll over and play dead saying, oh, well, the government says that we're not allowed to do this and that, or we must do this and that. That's not how we determine right and wrong. We've got the Bible. We've got the word of God. And we fear God alone. Let's not fear man. And let's resist this new world order. I mean, resist Babylon and the beast. Exactly, exactly. And as always, I'll have those links and information in my after show, which is now on the live show page. Just go to AudreyRusso.com, click on the honor button, and right under the show description, you'll find all the links and info that Peter just shared. Thanks so much again, Peter, for your brilliant assessments. We're looking forward to your next visit to the show. Until then, may God bless you, your work, and may God save America. Bye for now. Thank you so much. God bless, Audrey. Thank you.